Welcome to the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast. We are back with a Wasp Sting podcast, one that is current affairs for once, because Blackie Lawless has finally done what we have been waiting for him to do, to announce that he's going to be touring the United States for the first time in, what, 13 years, Andy? Uh, For me, it's been, what was it, uh, March 9th of 2010. That was the last time I saw them live. So that's so, a long that is a long time over a decade. Uh, Blackie was a guest on Eddie Trunk's Sirius XM show, and he dropped a really cool interview. He started doing some of the press for hyping the tour. Um, I don't know how much press he's going to do because he doesn't seem to do an awful lot of media outlets. He seems to be very selective in what he will do, which is probably smart. Wasp Nation is up, running, um, bang up to date with tour dates and all the sorts of information that you could want to have. I got tickets to two shows. Up yours, Ticketmaster, blocking me <laughs> on uh, my old account because I did a charge back for their lack of a refund on a previous show. Um, but I got tickets to Anaheim, so I will be there for the first U.S. show, and then I will be there for the last U.S. show in San Francisco. And fingers crossed that we keep our shit together. We can actually go to these shows because I don't want any more uh, to be rescheduled bullshit that I've had with other bands. Uh, Andy, you got some tickets? Yeah, actually, would you believe it? I got we, uh, we. I say in we because Kim's actually gonna go to show number two with me. She's like, I can't believe I'm gonna do this, but they came in. I'm on. I can't wait. I'm so thrilled. I'm I'm super like pumped, man. I can't believe and it's a hard copy. None of this BS about you know oh, on the phone. And so we got our Huntington. This is uh, right before uh, Long Island on the Long Island area, uh, Huntington, New York. So. This would be show two of oh show two for me for uh for uh me show two but one Kim's gonna go and I actually got seat seats you know because she says I don't want to go in the pit so uh, I don't blame her because uh, I, I would imagine it's gonna get nuts you know I think that this has been so long for people in the United States it's gonna get absolutely insane on the floor so we have seats for the second night for us. But I go to Boston. I have those haven't come up yet, and that's all GA. Uh, well, actually, no, they did have seats. There's GA seats up top. It's weird, and all the seats are gone for that. <clears throat> so, but uh, GA in Boston, and it's on a Wednesday, which that sucks. <laughs> I can admit yeah, this goes, you know. But it is what it is. Got to go in the city, take the train in, figure out how to get there, get in that pit, and here we go back to 1985, 86, and 87, and 88. I love it, man. I'm just like gonna get out of control on this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited. I've not seen Wasp in concert. I've I've skipped so many of these sorts of shows. Anaheim's general admission Regency had some seats up top, which I'd you know I'd rather be there you know at my age uh, to chill and just listen to the music. I don't need to go mental, so I'll have one crazy show straight out the bat, and then have uh, a nice seat. And uh, I had to buy a pair of tickets for that one, so I'll probably have an extra to take someone with me, which uh, will be fun if they're in San Francisco for that. Bill, what about you? Any shows coming your way that you're able to get to? I do have Columbus on November 30th, and I have yet to buy tickets, and I just opened up the King of Clubs website, and it looks like there are still tickets available. 
they're showing only general admission. They're not showing that. Well, I guess the the uh, have premium box suites and table seating, but uh, apparently the only tickets are selling right now. And you know the the ticket price is amazing. I was actually really expecting a higher ticket price for this, but uh, you know forty seven dollars including fees. That's not bad at all. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the end of November. And uh, I should be able to manage, you know, the bummer is it's on a Wednesday. So most likely will mean I have to take two days off from work to go see it because I don't like driving home from Columbus in the middle of the night anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And uh, I sent you guys a picture. and It's a pretty modest club, but, I mean, it's showing a capacity of 850. So that would put it about the same size as maybe Bogarts in Cincinnati, if anybody knows what that is. Uh, maybe even more. Uh, space than that so 850 seater it could be pretty fun yeah it's really cool it's really exciting you know there's there's been a lot of excitement around the announcements obviously uh you gotta give eddie trunk respect for a good interview with blackie i thought you know he did a great job he's obviously got a good rapport with him uh blackie took a couple of the tough questions pretty well i i, I was surprised that he went there with the chris topics how he uh, did not get hung up on after that i he's got to have a good rapport after that As hey like, hey you know people who bash here? eddie trunk I'd say that is good evidence of a guy who asks the fair questions. Blackie is the artist and can decline to answer anything, and I've always said that in every interview I have ever done. I always say, if I go anywhere, just no comment me. It's no big deal. We'll move on. You know, um, there's no need to be a, a prima donna and hang up or have a tantrum about it, and Blackie didn't. He, and yeah, he played it very cool. He played it extremely cool. So respect also to Blackie for how cool he was on the interview because he tried to... It's seemed like he tried to go into a lot of detail and to to give people you know a, a, a lot of cheese to uh you know entice them it, it's like he's dropping some hints and who knows what actually happens you know he's the artist this is his show no matter what we talk about today uh, our topic's going to be about what we want blackie to do you know for celebrating the 40th anniversary and those this is just three boneheads who who've been talking about the band for over a year getting together and, and talking about what we want but at the end of the day it's going to be what the artist wants to do to celebrate his legacy his 40 years and how he presents that but let's go back to the interview for a second. You know, Blackie made a few comments of interest. Bill, what were some of the things that kind of jumped out at you from the interview of interest? Uh, well, really, how how much he was going to make it more of an elaborate stage show, like more similar to what Electric Circus was, which I didn't get to see the Electric Circus tour, so I don't know how over the top that one went. But uh, one the one thing that really overwhelmed me about the whole thing, and uh, as I clear my throat, you know, this guy's an easy 20 years older than me, and he sounds, his voice, his speaking voice sounds incredible. You know, I mean, it was a telephone call, yeah, but I mean, you know, his speaking voice was clear, he wasn't, there wasn't any rasp to him, you know, you hear some of these guys that were, you know, 10 years after him, career-wise, and they're, you know, having a terrible sound of their voice. And, you know, Blackie was speaking as clearly as he was as 10 or even 20 years ago. So that leads me to believe that, you know, the singing voice hopefully will follow suit. 
Yeah, you know, I'm 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 totally hopeful about. He's he's got good diction in how he speaks. Blackie does, but he also thinks. He's a he's a thinker before he answers. So he he's kind of got the Paul Stanley vibe going that he doesn't just give you an answer. He considers it for a moment and then gives you an answer, which is always very cool. Andy, what were some of the things that jumped out at you in that interview? Man, right away when he mentioned, which I thought was kind of weird in a way, but awesome for me because I loved it. I saw that tour was the Electric Circus. As soon as he said it, I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Here's a guy who says through all these years that the Electric Circus went too far for him. You know, like the Vegas show kind of thing. But that tour was awesome. I don't care what anybody says. I love that awesome. It's it, it just the way it sounded. And, then, you know, he, he's going to... You know, he said, oh, it was too bright, too too over the top. No, it wasn't. I, it was completely awesome. Just like, like your background. Just that's what it was like. And like, yeah, it was bright on the stage, but they wore bright costumes. I mean, they were right in the thick of the middle of that whole 80s colors and, and stuff. And, you know, it was what it was back then. And it was, to me, I loved it. It was an awesome show. It was just over the top for them. I mean, they went full out. <clears throat> And I didn't see them, like, open up for somebody else. I actually, they did their own. They split off, and they actually, they were the headliners. And I happened to see them down in Providence, Providence Rhode Island, actually January 17th, 1987. Wow. It was just in, like, a theater. <laughs> yeah, a theater. And it just, you know, the reason why I remember the date that quick is it just, it just passed by. So, um, so I mean, it just, I wish I had a camera back then because we had seats on the first, you know, on the balcony, the first row. And they said they didn't sell any tickets up there, but we had the tickets, so they let us up there. I wish I had a camera. I wish I had a video camera because, I mean, you do see it. They do have some stuff out there. They show, you know, you know, official stuff. But, man, I would have loved to have a whole thing of that from, from that show because that show is, like, hidden. And speaking of Electric Circus, just a quick one. I happened to score this, like, like three weeks ago. And, in, uh, you know, inside Electric Circus, like, like I don't know. I guess you called it the official tour book. It doesn't have tour dates on it, but I could never find it because I never sold anything. The show I went to, they never sold anything. I was like disappointed. But anyways, does that I have love... a picture of the stage on it? In it? Oh, uh, uh, yes, a matter of because fact. that would be great. I mean, just thinking about the electric uh, circus stage, I loved it. All the pictures back then, and some of the the live shows that do circulate. Yeah, it was bright, it was glam, it was mid-80s, but he's talking about taking it back to his original concept for it, which is a bit darker, um, and this lame no, background. No, they do not. It's like you don't really see the whole thing. It's too bad, but yeah, and that's what I loved about it. It's so weird for a guy who said he really didn't really enjoy the Electric Circus as it is, is now going to take the old concept of the Electric Circus and put it on stage. So I was like, this is going to be like really cool and he said like side circus you know like a circus freak so now i'm starting to think what are they going to play for the songs and i'm thinking about wow i mean the opener the middle songs the ending song i now i now i have this vision in my brain going wow this is going to be like and then he's saying bales of hay for the drum set which i think they'll put them in front not actually a top you know but it just sounds like this is going to be like 1984 you know 83 84 85 86 87 kind of thing and i love that and the second thing I got out of the whole thing is when he said, and I'm glad that it's just not going to be the first tour. You know what I mean? Because the first tour thing was short, too. You know, they only played first album, most of the first album, and then done. It was done. It was only like a 70-minute show or 65-minute show. So 
it was just hearing him saying that they're going to play stuff they never played before. Oh, my heart just went because now, now I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to play? What are they going to play? You know, because I saw off to the Babylon tour, so I, you know, missed a couple of the tours that they did overseas. So, but I was so excited to see what he's going to do because he said, what do you say, 25% of this tour is going to be songs that we've never heard or maybe never heard of before? I mean, maybe some people have, but. You know, I've heard up to Babylon. Yeah, he so said that they, they never played live. He said never 25% have never played live. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm just so pumped, man. This is what I needed to get with all this crap going on. And it's in late November, like you were saying. So I'm so excited about this. This is about damn time. <laughs> you know? So, anyways, that was my right, exciting thing from that whole interview. I mean, it was a really great interview, but... When he said electric circus stuff, back to your ways, and doing songs that they'd never played before, 25%, I'm in. I'm in 100% anyways, but I'm in. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to smell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, when it's he, like, I, like, I grew up on a farm. I don't necessarily want to smell. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to uh, yeah, have that, that circus smell. I, I went to a state fair and saw a concert there with the napalm and cow shit it really didn't work um you know some of the good stuff out of that interview that you guys have mentioned for me was the michael Schenker story and i'm not going to give it away you know if you haven't heard this interview it's up on youtube all over the place now um the michael Schenker story is absolutely hilarious um more importantly was how classy again blackie was in uh talking about frankie benali and that was really cool very classy um you know, now that he's talking about the circus theme, is he going to have a peroxide blonde bassist? You know, are they going to get the die out and uh, you go go the full Johnny Rod to bring back that look? Uh, that's a joke. Um, box set, I think, has got to be the, the the big news coming out of this that Blackie was talking about the multiple versions of the first demo that were recorded. Now I know quite a few of these songs were released on. Um, what was it, Crimson Idol B-Sides in 1993-4 in the UK, I think eight of them have been out, but I'm not sure which demo those come from sequentially, especially in relation to what Blackie has. I know that there have been like the master of disaster demos circulating, but you know, what is the sequence? What is the legit sequence? All of that stuff in minty crystal clear would be very cool. A lot of it didn't come out on the Snapper and Zoom Club or whatever they were uh, reissues over the years which has included all the B-sides and anyway, taking all those B-sides and everything that was appended on to the albums and putting them in a box I wouldn't be against either having them all in one collection because I often just listen to the original albums and have the bonus tracks off separate because again how I listen to them in the 80s on cassette or on on CD is how I, I want I don't want to hear paint it black mixed in with the first album even though it was a b-sider you know at the time um, so I think the box set is very exciting. It's been quite a few years since we've had a, a good archival release series from Blackie, so I'll be interesting to see where he goes with that. And again, uh, they've already put the call out for fans of cool memorabilia to get in touch through the Wasp Nation website. So let me just give you those um, two websites that you're going to want to check out. One's, of course, Facebook. Uh, wasp nation or waspnation.com for you know all the news and stuff opening acts when you saw him in 1987 andy who was the opening act was that metallica at that time no i 
think it was Metal Church, if I'm right, or a Ooh. band. Maybe it was Icon, a band named Icon. I can't, dude, I can't even remember. I, either I, would have been good. I, you know, I hate to say it, I don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't even care that, I don't, well, you're probably going to ask the question anyways, but they're like, oh, I'm insane. I don't even care. I don't care who they get. I just want to see the Wasp thing go longer and longer. The end. <laughs> Well, Killjoy. Um, yeah, so opening act for the tour is Arm of Saint, legend in their own right, and on certain select Texas dates, Michael Schenker's going to be uh, joining the madness. So that, that's a cool bill. Uh, you know, Bill, do you have something nice to say about Arm of Saint? Well, that's the thing is uh, I kind of missed the bus on Armored Saint in the 80s. Uh, I had some friends who were into him, but, you know, that was kind of back when we all still had records. So we were when we were hanging out, you know, we weren't listening to records. We were probably off in the park drinking and smoking or whatever. But, uh, you know, I'd heard very little of them. But then uh, really, I mean, I became a big fan of John Bush when he joined Anthrax. And it's like, well, this guy sings like this. Did he sing like this for for Armored Saint? And he did. So I kind of went back to that. I haven't really taken the big deep dive into Armored Saint, but they're a lot classier band. I was kind of more toward the glammy side of metal at that point. So uh, I, I hadn't really got into that. I mean, I always thought Armored Saint was just like some, you know, heavier than Metallica stuff or something like that. So I really just kind of overlooked them. And I wasn't hanging out with the right people at the time, I guess. But as far as Schenker, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm really late on the bus for like UFO and everything like that. I mean, I just got my first UFO al- albums a couple years ago. And, uh, but I mean, you know, I liked him when he did, whenever he did decide to play with the Scorpions, and he's a phenomenal player. But uh, you know, I wouldn't have traveled to Oklahoma to see him. So, but yeah. I would love to see Armored Saint open for him. Yeah, I don't know much about Armored Saint. I do know, of course, the Kiss connection that Michael James Jackson left the Animalized project after just doing the drums to produce their first album, and they don't even like that first album because it's too commercial. So, so that's as much as I know about them. I remember the album cover back in the day, though I didn't make the connection between Michael James Jackson producing it and uh, the band because I just thought the the album cover was a turnoff for me. So, well, and the thing with Armored Saint is, if I would have paid attention, Armored Saint was way more in my wheelhouse than I ever imagined because I was primarily the singer in the bands that I was in shortly after high school and all that stuff and here i was trying to sing bon jovi stuff and you know my friends were listening to steel heart and all this stuff with these real high range vocals and i was just killing myself trying to sing that stuff and if we'd been doing stuff like armored saint that would have been like right in my wheelhouse where my singing style is and i was like man i really just missed out on that but uh yeah i'd love to see I've heard a lot of the new album that Saint put out, and it sounds really good. Uh, there's a couple shows that uh, I've followed that uh, have probably played a majority of the album, and their new stuff it sounds incredible. Yeah, well, I need to check them out and get educated before I go to the shows because I want to, you know, enjoy the opening act as well. Um, just because, you know, it is a band that I didn't pay much attention to, so now I need to find out what I've been missing. Um, Andy, you last saw. You're the only one at this table that saw the band back in 2010. So, you know, what do you remember about that show? What were the kind of the high points um, that that you look back on fondly to that time? 
I remember while well, I was in this place called Foxborough Live. Um, I don't even know if that place is still open, but basically it's next to, you know, people know what I'm talking about, next to Gillette Stadium where the Patriots play and the soccer team plays and all that. So they had made this, like, little theater. This theater. That's not even a theater. It's a club, basically. And they'd have bands in it playing there. And, um, like, again, I don't even know if it's open anymore. But, anyways, it probably still is. But uh, I remember going there. Uh, an old friend went, and his son went. And his son was his first time seeing Wasp. He had heard about him, started all this stuff, and then got to see him. So it was interesting seeing that way. Uh, they didn't have this, this, some songs up on YouTube from that show. Uh, I'm in the crowd. You can see, like, my friend's kid's hat. He's speaking because he was into that wearing a hat sideways and it had some red on it and whatever. But I'm right there in the mix of all the, on that crowd. The place is super packed. Uh, they didn't have like a lot of uh, stage stuff. Uh, he didn't even have Elvis with him. He just had a regular mic. Um, they sounded awesome. Um, the big thing for me was I had heard a lot of the songs except for the stuff off of Babylon. So, <clears throat> so anything off of the Babylon, the stuff they played off of Babylon was you know, new. I knew the CD, but I mean, I did, that was the first time hearing it. But one of the highlights when I heard it, man, because I had never heard it live, and they only did probably, what, I think like 50 seconds of it and stuff. And I was, I was, it was like super teased. It was screaming till you like it. I was absolutely going out of my tree. It was one of those songs, you know, it's it's in a movie, you know, it's it's on the live thing. It's got this, it's got, but I never heard it live. And I was like so excited when they started playing it. I just like was started to like cry. I was like, oh my god, oh my god! And then all of a sudden they stopped it, and then they went back to, you know, the I don't need no doctor thing and stuff like that. So to me, man, he just he sounded good. The whole band sounded good. They're all in dark black and stuff. It wasn't the, it wasn't the Wasp of nineteen eighty six and eighty seven. No glam stuff. It was all dark, dark. You know, the video screens and stuff like that. So, but all in all, it was long they played a long thing and that was the night finally <clears throat> uh that uh i actually get the the first time ever after all these years that i finally get to meet blackie for whatever 15 20 seconds after the show you know like every show it's a general mission you kind of hang around see if there's anything talking to friends and this and that and uh we waited about a half hour hanging out because uh mike duda is from i think he's from the Connecticut area, I don't know if he is anymore, but originally I think he was from the Connecticut area, and so when the boss would play Connecticut, sometimes his family would show up, his mother and father would show up to the shows down in Hartford and stuff like that, and he would, like, hang around the bar and stuff like that. You go up to him and say, hey, how you doing, Mike? Hey, can I have a picture with you? And he'd be like, looked at, the first couple of times he looked at me, he's like, like, you know who I am? Because <laughs> he was, at the time, you know, he's new in the band at the time, back in the time, you know, and he's like, you know who I am? You know, can I have a picture with you, dude? He's like, yeah, sure. You know, so he's always casual, always wicked nice. But uh, we'd hang out, and uh, he wasn't there. The drummer wasn't there. But, uh, you know, uh, Doug was there. And I hate to say it, Doug, you're an asshole. He was really an ass. He basically Shots fired. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shots he, fired. Yeah, I, I, hope, I hope he's changed his tune since then. But at that time, uh, you, I, I'm sorry. You know how I am. I'm, You know, if you're nice, you're nice. You're bad, you're bad. So uh, he was standing against the wall. Now, this is like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour hanging out, right? He's just standing the wall next to the stage, like, just standing there like this with his nothing going on. Absolutely hardly anybody around. Nothing going on. He's just standing against the wall. And, and me and a friend and his son walked up to him and said, hey, how you doing, Doug? Hey, would you mind having a picture? He's like, no. 
I'm too busy here. I got stuff going on. And I'm like, he's just there. There might be one person beside him. It might be somebody that was, you know, in the band. He, and he's just like, no, I'm too busy. I get, you know, da, 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 da. And I'm like, dude, sorry, dude, you're an asshole. And I looked at him and he like looked at me and I'm like, sorry, dude. Then, then I kind of gave him the figure and walked off. I, that's how I felt about the guy. Really. The guy's basically got a job from other people that Blackie fired and you act like a jerk like that. I'm sorry. That's, you know, sorry. If you had 10,000 people around you bugging you, I wouldn't even bunch you, you know, but when you're alone, just standing against the wall like this, you know, you just say, hi, how you doing? Would you like to take a quick picture with you? No, nope. you're done. See ya. That's it with me. But in the highlight of that night, uh, we went outside. It was freezing out. We're waiting and waiting and waiting. The bus is right there. We waited for like another hour. Now it's getting like super late. And a guy was there at the bus and he's and we walked over to him and there's only like I think there was like five or six of us left around the area. And then a couple more left. And then I walked back up to the bus and I'm like, hey, man, any of the guys going to come out? And he's like, yeah, Blackie should be out in like 15 minutes. And I just only just asked the guy, I don't know if it was the bus driver or the whatever it was. I just said, you think you wouldn't mind like taking a picture or signing something? And basically, oh, I don't know. You have to ask him or we'll ask him when he comes up. OK. And then we went back to our car. We sat there because we were like. 100 yards away because it, I mean it was wicked freezing by that point and then all of a sudden there he is comes walking out we can see him we're like oh man this blackie grab whatever and at the time you know you had in your car with cds you know i didn't bring like a postcard i never thought of anything like this so i grabbed my uh actually my friend bought he's like he had brought his cds instead of me because we usually switch off we bring the cds in he's like oh i'll bring my cds this time so he brought a bunch of cds and i grabbed <clears throat> I'm like, dude, I got to grab something from you because here it is. So I grabbed <laughs> his least favorite site was the Electric Circus, you know. <laughs> and, and I, you know, walked up to the bus and I said, hey, is Blackie going to come out? And he goes, yeah, Blackie's going to come out. Maybe he'll come out. So Blackie basically came out halfway out of the bus <clears throat> on the stairs with the guard at the bottom. Blackie had basically a face mask on, the blue ones you see now people wearing. And he just said, no pictures. I said, no problem. I took two or three steps up. I said, how you doing, Blackie? He said, hi. I said, you wouldn't mind signing the CD? I know this is not your favorite. <laughs> awesome. But I go, this is one of my favorites. And he's just like, yeah, no problem. You signed it. I said, thank you. And he says, yeah, no problem. My friend did the same thing. Signed one of his CDs. That was it. It was awesome. It was no problem with me. That's it. Turned around. I walked away. We went home. And we were giddy. <laughs> I was like, finally, after all these years. You know? serious it was like really cool so i mean that's my story so cool. so half it, it, it side was awesome so that's it so hopefully doug uh, hopefully doug is better now <laughs> actually i think he'll probably come up to you and flip you off <laughs> he'll hey, back to you at <laughs> fuck you now he knows your name <laughs> i remember you you're an <laughs> asshole <laughs> by the way i think the place is called showcase live now I found yeah, something that's it's, it's showcase live. It's on Patriot Place, so yeah, that's probably still a functional venue. All right, let's get into the music, you know, because uh, I I think a lot of the people, judging by the comments from the Peanut Gallery, and that is of course seeing people react to Facebook and elsewhere. Uh, Can I squeak in one thing about the the high points because I was like not following my notes right. Oh shit! Hell yeah, but go the, for it. The high points for me was well, and. The, I was like listening in my vehicle and uh, his story about nine 11 about going to ground zero, that was pretty heavy, you know? And that's the thing about it is, you know, 
he he did everything to say, but he was, you know, sensing the smell of death. <laughs> uh, he could still smell the wires burning and stuff like that, and that was crazy. But uh, and then his confession about there's a little bit more of him and Jonathan from the Crimson Idol than he ever wanted to admit. Those are a couple pretty heavy stories that come out of that interview. That's all I had. See, that, that, that's another resounding recommendation to check out that Eddie Trunk interview with Blackie Lawless. You know, word up. Um, so c- continue, Bill, because, um, you know, like I was saying about the peanut gallery, is all these people are suddenly Wasp fans again. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, that's the thing about it is, you know, maybe they, uh, they've had the... Uh, the awakening in them again or something like that. You know, I wouldn't rule anything out. For example, you know, they're coming to one city in Ohio, I think, and they may be coming to Cleveland. I didn't notice, but, uh, there's 88 counties in Ohio and he's playing an 850 seat venue. So that means less than 10 people per County that might be a wasp fan could show up at this show. And that doesn't sound too far fetched. You know, we're a pretty heavy, heavily populated state for being a rural state. But, uh, yeah, you're going to have, you know, but I think, you know, there's the majority of your fans are going to be somewhere probably filtered in between the three of us, you know, where I, I'm kind of, I kind of fell off after live in the raw. Well, actually not live in the raw after headless children and crimson idol, but you know, you're going to have, you know, then you've got super fan Andy who's been <laughs> through him, you know, through the, the entire, the entire run. And you're going to have a good deal of them. That's going to fall somewhere in between that. But, yeah, you're going to have probably a, a minor majority that's going to be, you know, everything before Headless Children. That's what they want to hear. You know, uh, and you know, Headless Children's kind of pushing it. But then again, you know, the real me actually still gets played on, like, numerous radio stations, which yep. is ironic because it's a cover. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to fall somewhere in, the, in between. And uh, I have a few friends locally that are they're into the later catalog and uh, i haven't exactly hit them up yet to see if they wanted to you know maybe carpool up there or something like that but yeah the majority of the people are going to want the stuff prior to headless children because they're not familiar with anything afterward yeah it's going to be that that typical situation and i'm not dissing anyone who's suddenly come out as a wasp fan because my facebook is very skewed towards metalheads and hard rock fans of my age group so it's not surprising that a lot of them listen to wasp back in the day and all of a sudden you know wasp is after a 10-year absence where they haven't been following them or or not aware what's been going on that all of a sudden that they're excited about it because after two years of pandemic and hell you know, it's it's good news, regard, regardless of anything. It is fantastic news that Blackie's touring North America. But, Andy, are you concerned that he's going to cater more? You know, obviously he said 25% maybe songs that they've never performed live. That You know, talk is cheap. Um, that it could just end up being that greatest hit set list to appease all of those people. Or, um, well, what do you think, Andy? Well, you know, when it when it came out and then it was posted, then I saw a lot of people on you know social media, face basically Facebook, <clears throat> you know, oh man, I'm a wasp fan, I love them, I love them. Uh, it's kind of weird to me at some point. I get it. Maybe there's an age difference. You know, if you're 20 years old or 25, you you never got to saw the original band, you never got to saw the original stuff. I get it. Even I didn't. 
the first time I ever saw a wasp, and it was I introduced the wasp when they opened up the kiss. And my friend, when we were driving to Springfield, Mass, said, man, you got to check this band out. He slapped the cassette in his Mustang. And two of the guys knew who wasp kind of just started was. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, wow, this sounds pretty good. And then when I got there and got on the floor and the whole general mission thing, it was absolutely insane. It, watching these guys, I'm like, man, this is like, this is KISS. 1984, you know what I mean? It went from Kiss 70s to 1984. It was like the, the new Kiss, basically. You know, people say all oh, the Motley Crew was the new Kiss or whatever, but to me, it was like the Wasp thing was really more into like a Kiss thing from the 70s. So it was like, you know, like Black says, all people watch visually with their eyes and not with their, you know, the things. But to me, man, both things made sense. You know, it kind of went, went along. So I, but then. I get, you know, I see here Blackie say, you know, oh, oh, I mean, if we play something that's not a great, like a greatest hit kind of thing, you're going to have the 10 people in the front row going, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you're going to see, you know, like 90% in the back going, what is this? Too bad. You know, people like, say, me that are, who be, that are age that were actually be able to go back to that days all the way up until now. Or, or even if you're a newer fan, if you're a fan, you're going to you're going to know those albums. Why wouldn't you know those albums? Right? Why wouldn't you? I don't understand it. So what? We're the ones, Blackie, we're the ones that are buying your merchandise, buying your CDs. The hardcore fans are buying them. Not, I mean, I get it. They, they want to sell tickets because they want to hear the first two albums. They might not. A lot of people who say that they don't even want to hear the Electric Circus, and I think it's insane, but you know, they want to hear just the first album and the first two albums, and that's it. And I'm like, no, man, they got way more stuff than that. And even some of the stuff after the first two albums is better than the first two albums. You know? And one, so, and one of our faithful listeners, Steve Wright, he's going to be right up there with you, Andy, saying, play El Dorado! You know, or, or anything like yeah. that. So I, I definitely yeah. want to give a shout-out to Steve because he's going to be on those East Coast shows. Hell yeah. Give yep. Steve a shout-out as well. Good taste, obviously. if he That's on my list when we get to that conversation about some of the songs. That song is in mine. So, Spoilers. Y- you know, since 2010, they've only released Golgotha. That, that was the last studio album, 2015. Re-idolized, I'm not even going to count. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. We haven't gotten to talking about one of these like albums. It. Yeah, even, even though I like it too. But, you know, I've got three words for Blackie. Well, actually, no. My first advice to Blackie is don't listen to us or the fans. Because I think ultimately you've got to celebrate 40 years of Wasp how you are going to celebrate. I mean, you're the common denominator in that band. In essence, the you are the band. Um regardless of anything else but I, i'd like him to take into consideration three words dominator babylon golgotha do not avoid or ignore if you're celebrating 40 years with wasp you need to celebrate all of the studio albums and also if you have time in the set you know some of the non-album stuff um tormentor originally non-album you know show no mercy originally non-album um, you know, so let's get oh, rid I of. Oh, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested I've in what every t- I've seen him do it every time I saw him live. So it's kind of like, it's the oh, it's yeah, the op- sure. it's the opening song of a set. Yeah. It was in 2010. I think it should be now, but we'll talk more about that in a, in a second. Let's get this one out of the way. And Blackie alluded to it somewhat in the Eddie Trunk interview. Animal, does it need to be performed? or not and Blackie's on the fence he's leaning 
He's not leaning. Who knows what it may be? Where will that pendulum end? Uh, Bill, I'm going to start with you on that. Well, and you know, that's the thing about it is I have some similar beliefs to that, that Blackie does. And one thing that, you know, he needs to take into consideration is there's a certain amount of acting he's doing when he's on the stage. Uh, there's a, you know, it's performance, you know, his, uh, it, it, Blackie for starters is not his, his given name. So he's got that kind of, you know, where he's got a stage name to start off with, but it was a critical point in their career that they were the first ones to come out and, you know, and had the balls covered in the, you know, covered with a saw blade to say, I fuck like a beast. And if he really wants, I mean, if he feels that he needs to just go with his heart on it and heart on, not the other right. And, uh, but, you know, if he, if he feels it's right, it's right. And if he feels it's wrong, more power to him. But, I mean, you, know, you have people who are um, spiritually guided one way or the other, whether it be Christianity or Buddhism or whatever, that act in, in movies and TV that would contradict to their beliefs. And they basically just say, well, I'm just acting in a role. So he can take that kind of uh, approach about it and it all be all be good you know that's the thing about it is a uh, when it comes to some of the stuff like in cancel culture some of the stuff at wasp is is really weak compared to the other stuff that should be canceled nowadays or that does get canceled so you know if he just goes with his heart and if he decides not to do it more power to him if he does that'll be awesome because you know it was really the beginning so yep. that's the way i think of it I'm, I'm going to go next so I can give Andy the last word on it. Um, I, I think he needs to just look in the mirror and see where he's at. We've heard some of the reasons why he didn't want to perform it any longer. If those still hold true, then he can hold on to what he needs. I don't feel any need to put any pressure on him uh, to perform it. I will say this. I couldn't give two shits. There are songs that I would much rather he play in its place than to hear that um, necessarily. Uh, there are songs, way more songs. If, if it was a choice between that and a list of five other songs um, that I could pick one from, I'd probably go with the list. It's just, to me, it's... What's on your list? Pick one. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get we'll there. Get, we'll get there. I, you, you, you're going to get my list in a moment, Sparky. Um, and and then, then we'll see if you think uh, I, I, I need Animal in my set list, because I don't. I do not. Um, I'm not I'm not offended by the song in any way. I'm older now than I was when I first heard it, and it doesn't. It, I don't have the same, yeah, you know, going that I heard back then, or, or pissing <laughs> off the establishment. That's so passe at my age. Um I, I don't believe in that stuff either anymore. I don't have those same that same outlook. Mine doesn't come from a spiritual basis on that song. Um, it, it's just that I, I've kind of grown out of that song. And there's again, I'm going to end. There are songs I would much rather he do rather than Animal. So it's no, it's a non-issue to me. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, well, I hope he picks something good instead and didn't just shorten the set by one song. Andy, Animal. You have 34 yep. seconds. You have 34 <laughs> seconds to complete this part of the set, the show. There's Animal right there. Animal's right there. Where's his cod piece at? <laughs> I don't see any sparks. <laughs> uh, I kind of look at 
I kind of look at it the same way, too, is that he, he, it is a persona. It's not really him. It is him, but it's not him. Like you said, it's a stage thing. It's a stage name. And he said the world had changed, you know, from back then to, like, now. It's kind of like, I don't know if we're going to get into that, but, like, throwing the meat. You know, back then, it was good. Now, no way. You know, lawsuits, all that kind of crap. So, but anyways, to me, Animal, I mean, they have, yes, it is that song that started it all. But it's, it's a way that he could play it. And the audience would just sing the part, right? They say it like, what, three, four times in the whole song anyways? And the whole audience is going to sing it, so he could just turn around and just go like this. You know, when they come to the lines, you know? And he, and he couldn't even, even if he wanted to start that thing out, hey, any rivet head, rivet heads come here looking for a little bit of love? You know what I mean? He doesn't have to say certain words, which he's already changed words to other in other songs that he still plays. So... In the long run, I don't really care if they play it or don't play it, but I think they will. I think he's. I think that that's what's going to end up happening. I think the audience is going to sing, end up singing the words. They're going to, you know, where everybody's going to act like a, a giant kid, and it's going to go back to 1984, and everybody in that crowd, even though, as you said, Julian, we're older and this and that, you kind of like, oh, I don't want to. I'd be, you. I'd be singing it in ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. Boom. <laughs> and the whole crowd's going to be singing it. You know, I like a beast. You know what I mean? Big deal. I mean, they got, you know, they got, they got worse. I'd say they got worse songs. KFD, You, Kill My Pretty Face. You know what I mean? Stuff that's even darker and probably more offensive than Animal. So, me, I think they will play it. It's a hardcore song. Like they said, if Blackie says, if he wants to cater to the people, you know, that 90% that he wants to cater to, they're going to play Animal. I think it's just hidden until that first night. And after they play that first night in Anaheim, they're going to, he's going to see the crowd absolutely going out of their skull, out of their minds. When they oh, play, we'll, know, they we'll know from Europe because that comes first. Oh, yeah. Unless they, like he said, though, they were going to put songs in and out. Okay, going to change a little bit here and there. Well, hopefully, you know. So, again, that's like you said, that's the song that started it all. They should kind of do it. It's a hardcore song, and I think they will. But I could take it or leave it. Either way, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Because again, I don't really care. I just, I can't believe. It. I just want this to happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. I can't believe it. We have to wait until November. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's let's move on. I'm I, harder, faster. I still like that song, oddly. Um, <laughs> so, what are they gonna play? Obviously, there's a core of mandatory songs that have to be performed in a WASP show. It's not only to assuage the sensibilities of the casuals, but it's also because they are the core of the WASP catalog. They are the songs that represent the band, and they're usually the ones that people are like the diehard. I'm I'm so bored of listening to Wild Child, you know. Can't they play Fetus instead? You know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, because I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it, it it it's gonna be there. So you know, what are the core songs? And I asked you to pick ten core songs. So we'll just do the lists and then tell me how you approach or define the core songs on uh, uh, that you would want or expect to hear, Bill. Well, mine, mine actually leads toward that greatest hits set. You know, the people that are wanting to hear stuff prior to Headless Children. And uh, so I had I Want to Be Somebody, of course, uh, Wild Child, 
Blind in Texas, Love Machine, Chainsaw Charlie, because he loves playing Chainsaw Charlie, uh, Forever Free, because it was kind of an okay single, and Hellion. Uh, and then uh, I went a little deep on this one with Kill Ahead, and then On Your Knees and Hell Dorado for my buddy Steve. <laughs> nice. That, that's actually, that's not as kind of predictable as mine's going to be. So uh, good on you. Andy, 10 core songs. This was your homework. Wow. Well, not really, because it's kind of easy. I mean, he he went out of left field on a couple of songs that even I was like, oh, Hell Dorado. Well, interesting. Even Chainsaw Charlie's like kind of deep. I think it's deep. So anyways, these are just whatever, just 10. So yeah, of course, I want to be somebody should be the last song of the whole thing. That when that song's played, that's like Kisses Rock and Roll Night. I want to be somebody is better ending than Blind in Texas. But so we got I want to be somebody inside the electric circus because they're doing the whole circus thing. And that's I hope that's the opening song. Uh, Wild Child, you know, it's going to be in there. Hellion's going to be there. Blind in Texas, The Headless Children, Animal, Sleeping in the Fire, uh, Love Machine. And not that I, I don't really, I wish they'd take it out. Is I don't need no doctor. It, it's going to be in there. I don't know why, but it's always in there. So those are my 10, basically the hardcore that I think that will be in there. So That's one thing I forgot to mention. I left all the covers out. I didn't do any I, cover tunes. I, I, I personally don't want any covers in either. I don't want the real me. I don't want the doctor, but I think but they rock the hell out of I Don't Need No Doctor. That is still my favorite version of that song. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they rock the hell out of that. Oh, yeah. I get it. But I'd rather hear, you know, say something like uh, Sweet Cheetah, you know, off the Electric Circus. You know what Ooh, I mean? That's so. a deep one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Now I'm looking at my list. I'm second guessing myself. Okay. I, I went with uh, two songs from each of the five first five albums because that is the core of the core. And I've left everything else to talk about in some of the next questions. So, um, Surprisingly, I, I'm going to have to to juggle one as we go along. I I want to be somebody. Love machine, wild child, blind in Texas. I don't need no doctor. Real me, forever free. Chainsaw Charlie and the Idol. And uh, the one I'm going to have to swap out is I completely blew it because Andy, you're right. It's the circus theme. How can I not have inside the electric circus with the big yeah. welcome? Um, Instead, so I'm going to X out 95 nasty, which was in my list. <laughs> And uh, put the Inside the Electric Circus back in. So that's the core. That's kind of the stuff I think everyone is going to expect. And, you know, even combining our three three lists there, you know, there's so much more core than just ten songs. So it's got to be a real pain in the ass to try and come up with the sets. It's going to be rotating song slot number three, rotating song slot number eight. You know, he, he's got a lot of scope to shake up the set list from night to night. You know, like a lot of my favorite bands do, they don't play the same thing twice in a row. Even if it's just moving songs around in the set, um, you know, or, or switch, switching one out. There's a lot of opportunity for variety. I think he has to accept that there are, are going to be YouTubers. You know, embrace it. You know, this is your legacy. You know, get, you know, have at it. Don't worry about ruin YouTubers ruining the surprise. Because you're going to... Well, your publishing is going to earn the advertising revenue off those YouTube videos to begin with. And it's all good advertising for, for the show and for people who go to a show who have a completely different set list and they can still enjoy the songs that they didn't get to hear that night. So, 
um, don't wor- don't sweat any of that shit. All right, let's see. Uh, where am I at with my notes here? You, you know, a lot of the fans <laughs> buying tickets are likely just We're checking off. We're on the five deep the- cuts. Yeah, well, nearly. I, I want to make sure I don't don't skip oh, okay. uh, any of this. He says he's going to play a uh, better part of two hours. So I didn't do any times on this. I, I figure that's 22, 25 songs. Um, Unless you do that walking around dumb bullshit that Paul Stanley does now no. and kills about 15 minutes of the show doing it. No yodeling. No. Yeah, well, I mean, just, just no. no wandering around, you know, looking, making funny faces and all that garbage. You know, it's come out. If you want to talk to your audience, talk to your audience. If you don't, do the Alice Cooper thing. Come out and nail us with every song. That's it. Boom. One or the other. Don't give us any of the the bullshit where, oh, can I hear you over here? Can I hear you? Fuck that shit. And I hate to, you know, be so uh, F-bomby. But, yeah, you know, this is 40 years. It's about the music. Play the music and give it to us the best you can. Yeah. to bring that up too is that in 2010 that's what they did he did they did straight on there was not much talking it was song after song after song after song and i'm like yeah 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 keep going baby keep going and that's the way like it's the only thing i'm hoping that blackie doesn't do that i've seen in videos on youtube and stuff like that that he's been turning his back a lot on the audience he turns around and just turns I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know if he doesn't like the people doing the the, the the cameras or videoing. I don't know what it is, but he turns his back a lot. If you go look, he turns his back. He turns, looks at the drums and just plays. But he's just standing there looking. At, I, I don't know. It, it's it's annoying. I have to say it. So I hope he doesn't turn his back like he has been the last, I don't know, 10 years or 8 years, whatever he's been doing it. I don't know why. So... Anyways, well, maybe he maybe he doesn't have to look at a show like this the whole night. You know, looking out at an audience like that must get really withering. And it's been then, ten years, so now people bringing their freaking iPads out. You know, holding he, that. He needs to do like Rob Halford, except since Blackie's a baseball guy, he can bring a baseball bat out and start swatting at him, knocking him out into the audience. Yeah, no, it'd be, <laughs> it'd, it'd be cool if you if you're going to these shows. You know, know that the people up in all over are, are, are just going to be filming but if you're up and you're in the pit and you're up close put your fucking phone down and enjoy the goddamn no. show uh, I, had, I had two guys at the, the last end of the road show that i went to they were both standing there they both filmed every frame of the, the entire show fortunately i was able to put my head between the two of them where i could see the majority of it but it's just like you know if you're down on the floor get into the show if you're not get out yeah i, I well, even even when i'm upstairs in, at the regency in san francisco sitting uh my phone's staying away i i don't need photos from a freaking distance they're gonna suck anyway they never turn out good i'm i'm not there for that i'm there for the music um i went and saw jack white in columbus about three years ago and it was one of the first shows where they had you put your phone in a bag and, you know, he was basically locked away from your phone for the entire show. And, you know, my daughter was like, oh, my God, this is going to suck. And by the time it was over, had we had a wristwatch or a clock or something, we would have been perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. We didn't need our phones for anything. We just sat there and dug the whole show. 
And I wouldn't mind it if they did that for the show. Well, I'm gonna Put keep mind, mind away of my own volition. Look at the NDA. Yeah. He's like, no way, no way. I gotta have no pictures. Way. <laughs> you know, you know why? You know why I wouldn't want the phone put away? He's not that I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll be in the pit, and I will take some pictures. Not, not film the whole thing and take some pictures. But I want the pictures for me for later on to have them framed to put up, and to have. Hey, look, I'm standing in front of. You know, the outside of the building, and it says Wasp on it for the first time in over 10 years. I want the picture. That's the only thing I want it for. I'm not going to do it to, like, oh, I'm going to sell this. or this and, and I understand them. I understand them on the picture taking. But it's when they're, when people have, when you have 750 people in front of you that are all holding their phone up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's going to happen. that's one thing. Yeah, it, it will. But, uh, I mean, guys, that's like. Well, I sent you guys the pictures of that club. It looks like it's got a pretty flat floor on it. It doesn't look like there's any slope to it at all. So if you're in the back of the room and, it, you know, you got 300 people standing in front of you filming, it's going to suck. Yeah, and that's one, one thing that, you know, it's a good point of discussion. Um, do you remember Kiss Online back when Mike was webmaster and the farewell tour? He was out with the band and he would take hundreds of photos at every single show and they would be up on the website the next day, you know, of the band. He'd take some of the audience. You know, if, if Blackie's website, you know, number one has budget to have someone out there with them doing that for their website, it would be great engagement for them to be able to say, hey, we're taking a shitload of photos, proper photos, you know, from, from each show, you know, and maybe make them available for purchase, you know, make some available for free. Take the Blackie's picks, you know, Mike Duda's picks, you know, or the band members, you know, get them to pick five of their own, their favorite photos from that night's shows, uh, you know, for sale or make those the freebies or something, some revenue generating thing, um, you know, that could work so that they could say during the show, hey, we got this great stuff. Go to wasnation.com photos and you'll be able to see show, uh, pictures from the tour, something like that. Would you mind putting your phones down and enjoying the show? Well, be- that's actually what happened at the Jack White show is they were there was pictures taken by pros all the way through the show. And then you could go to a website later and and download whatever you wanted to. So you were watching the show and you were getting all the pictures you wanted, but then you could go to this page and get the, get the actual good, clean, pro shot shots of the show. And, I mean, that's a, it's a brilliant idea. And it's funny that you mentioned Michael Brandfold because you know who's doing press for Wasp right now. Really? It's Michael Brandfold. So well, it would be look- too awesome if he was on the road with them. Yeah. You know, or if he had, you know... And I mean, I doubt if he's got a team. But he's got like he's that. got the expertise, having done it. So he knows people. He know, and he's come up with an awful lot of very good ideas in terms of the marketing and merchandising for bands previously. And his experience speaks volumes. So you and know, a big shout out to Mike because he's he's really doing these bands right, especially a lot of these legacy acts that he's getting a lot of their their press out like they deserve to have it out. Yep, Andy, and then we'll get back to the music. Yeah, um, the only thing still, though, is that I would want, I still going to, I, I don't care, <laughs> is that I want to take some pictures in the, in the pit, you know? I'm going to be in the pit in the Boston show, and I want to take pictures in, in the pit of just not just the band, 
of the crowd. I want to turn around, take pictures of the, the people that are in the, the balconies and all that stuff, and in pictures of you know I want to say okay, say selfies. You know, if he, if he decides to you know break up a pillow and you know the feathers fly, I, I want to take a pictures of the feathers flying and going like I don't know what it is. It's just for the prosperity. Yeah, of it, you but know? but you're you're being reasonable. You're you're talking about yeah. reasonableness. You're not going to be sitting there with this thing glued to your freaking face the whole damn show. You would have moments like any normal human being would want. Oh, that's cool. You know, we've got these tools. I'm just saying, you know, it would be so nice to get away from those things. And this is a special tour. You know, we wouldn't be doing this show if we weren't excited about it. So we're just brainstorming how much is reasonable, how much is rational, who knows. It's all emotional. And just one more thing, quick. And, and like, you know, I told you guys, you guys know, uh, Kim is going with me on the second night that we go to see them. And, you know, we're in a balcony. We had the seats because I don't want her in the pit. And she's never, like, here's the wasp me playing here once in a while. This is like a whole new experience for her. She made me go to the monkeys, and I told her I was gonna pay. She was gonna have to pay back because I took it to the monkeys. She wanted me to go see the monkeys before the the that other guy passed away. So we got to see the last two monkeys before that thing. Like a week or two weeks later, the guy yeah, passed away. Michael so I told him, Yeah, I said someday I'm gonna you're gonna have payback. I'm hoping this that I, you know the whole wasp thing. So you're gonna go see wasps with me. And she's like, I don't know about that. I'm like, so I gotta get the expressions on her face when she sees this, you know? Oh yeah. Has- much, much monkeys <laughs> love to, to Kim because I'm a big monkeys fan too. So yeah, yeah. No, and, just, and and you I'm know you would have taken her anyway without any wasp. You take you take Kim anywhere. Yes, I would. I know. Yes. I, I just. <laughs> you you would take her on a tour of Aerosmith sites of historic. St- <laughs> no, absolutely. Oh, with you, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With you, it's different. So I thought you'd be taking to the show. Like, oh, no, no way. Nope. I, I All right. Well, let's let's get back I to wasp and music. All right, Andy. Since we're since you're talking, your lips are moving. Right. You're all warmed up. Here's your challenge. Pick five deep cuts that for you would fit into that slot of being very personally appealing to hear during this tour. What are yours? All right. I'm going to go with it. You said you didn't say what we could have choose. So I'm taking, and I don't know why this song is on, on the headless children, the Lake of Fools. That song is off the hook. And Chris Holmes and Frankie, I mean, that song is so unbelievable. It's Unreal. I don't know why that never made it on the head of children. That would be cool, you know. So that's one. Number two is BAD. Bad off the first album. That should be on there. <laughs> my my third one is Rebel in the FDG. That song, awesome. And uh, what are you? One, two, three, four. Oh, Sweet Cheetah because of the whole circus thing. I've always loved that song, Sweet Cheetah. And oh yeah, you said five, so I only got four. Hmm. What do I want to pick? I don't care, man. I love it all, but uh, El Dorado. I don't know. Let me think about number five. I got to think about. It. Go ahead, next. All right, <laughs> Bill. Uh, well, uh, going along with Andy, I had a Rebel, Rebel in the FDG. That is just an absolute banger of a tune. And then the the uh, the other ones are, are earlier songs. Uh, Ball Crusher. I mean, I just love Ball Crusher from the minute I heard it. And I just love that chung, 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 uh, riff to it. And uh, Fistful of Diamonds, because, uh, well, that the, the Last Command, if they play, they could play all of The Last Command, and I would be cool with that. But uh, And then uh, Andy had this in his 
his 10 uh, half to plays I had sleeping in the fire because I just think it's probably one of the best ballads. He's it's probably one of the best rock ballads period. And it's definitely one of the best that uh, Blackie's ever written. Yeah. I wonder how Blackie's voice will be, you know, doing a set after several years off and all that. that that'll be interesting uh, what he needs to do maintenance wise to, to go through the tour safely. Um, you know, for my deep cuts, they're not really deep, deep, because I saved that for the what uh, what else section, really, is where the deep stuff comes in. These, for me, are the ones that I think I have to hear that they're important to me as part of a Wasp set. So we've already talked about this one, and it's on your knees. It's not a rare cut. It gets performed a lot, but it's a critical cut. It, it's one of those songs that needs to be early on in the set, which is very difficult to do when you're going with a the circus theme and you got to balance electric circus maybe with on maybe electric knees into on your sir. Uh, Electric on your circus. Uh, electric <laughs> knees. <laughs> you know what I mean. Inside the electric circus going into on your knees at the beginning would be kind of cool. I'm also going with Show No Mercy, which uh, I believe was the flipped animal. Yes, so it was. That was my way of working around the animal situation. Of You've got that B-side, which I actually like a lot more. A really good song. And then I'm going super... This is... Well, I don't know if it's super deep. I want Black Forever. That is one of my all-time right favorite Wasp songs, period. 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 That takes me back to Glasgow. That makes me just takes me to a very happy place. That's an underrated album. You know, um, Blackie talked about Frankie Benelli, uh, who's now gone. Didn't talk about Bob Kulik yet, you know, who is gone. I want this 40-year celebration to celebrate every aspect. You know, I... I like how on the Eddie Trunk show he talked about that smell at Ground Zero. I like how he talked about Frankie Benali. There, I don't want him talking a lot during this this show, but I think there are a lot of stories that can be said to interconnect these songs. Of here's a song uh, that I love Frankie Benali's drumming on, you know, makes me think of him. Or here's a song that the great late Bruce uh, Bob Kulick, God, um, you know, played uh, played on. You know, I'd like to know why each one of those songs are in the set. Okay, next one, shoot from the hip, and. You've already said this one, Ball Crusher. I, I, I was kind of going, Jack Action, I always liked the vibe of that oh, one, man. but I, it's just not one that that's aged very well either. Um, <laughs> but it's such a fun song. Well, that's Jack Action, you know, it's kind of like a, a, a Desperado kind of theme anyway. It's really not... Uh, Jack Action makes it sound like, you know, masturbation or whatever, but, I mean, you know, really it's just just about like a desperado kind of character so i always thought it was pretty cool i mean i like i said last command anything off last command i'm down but uh yeah i mean i i actually know the bass part to that that's pretty cool to play yeah it, it, where, where you drop the, the, the big chords in and the, the bass parts on it too is pretty badass all right but one so, thing about you mentioned about the back to the trunk interview is the one got one of the few guys that got to actually ask him any questions and he's like, man, you got to play hallowed ground. You got to play hallowed ground. And, uh, you know, Blackie's like, 
it's high it's high on the list right now and it's like you know that's a real, the the weird thing about it is uh, m- most concerts i go to i don't want to hear ballads but when you got some ballads like the ones that he's written i'm okay with hearing those and i mean you know they can still be massive in a live situation especially hallow ground and sleeping in the fire yeah, and that's why I didn't put Sleeping in the Fire in, in any of my lists because I had Forever Free that kind of touched on the power ballady kind of thing. Sleeping in the Fire is kind of next level. It, yeah. That that really is, it's sublime for my taste. It's just, it's a really, really good song. All right, so what else is left? Because that's only 15 songs. That leaves us like 10 to <laughs> fill out from, not, for, for me, I only picked the first five studio albums. So now I've got nine studio albums left to pick one song from. You know, what else, Andy? Oh, no. You get it. I didn't make a, you didn't tell us to make a what else list. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> oh, I did. What what? So now you now you're doing it off the cuff, you know? Oh, <laughs> oh I'm gonna cheat. I got all now, music now open here. Nine songs. <laughs> nine songs. Yeah. What what, right. what what else is there? You you want to you want you want to take a minute and I'll go. Uh, if you want, go ahead. All right. So that is what I did. I and I I got to the end of this. I'm like, you know, we, we've forgotten an important question. There's nine. There's 14 studio albums. There's a lot of stuff if we're celebrating um, 40 Years of Wasp. I think that one song in the very minimum from every single album needs to be represented. So I went back to it, and from Kill, Fuck, Die, Take the Addiction would be, very, would be very cool. Um, ne- next up, Hell Dorado. And we, we've already said Hell Dorado, but I actually had Can't Die Tonight. But I'd be fine with Eldorado. Either of those two from that album, there's some good stuff on it. Again, very waspy sounding material. Next, let it roar. Roar. Um, and there's no way in hell that he would do this song, Hell for Eternity. Remember what we, we said about that? It's got to be one of the most uncomfortable choruses ever he would be shredding his vocal cords every single night in fact i wouldn't even blame him he held up a tape recorder and just played it during that part of the song because it would be shredding or revengeance from from that album i need to look at my album for a second go ahead yeah oh okay next off neon god part one xtc riders oh yeah yeah if I've, I, you know, we, we've got two neons to choose from. Uh, I'm going with Resurrector from Part Two, because both of those, again, they've got that wasp cadence to them. They're rocking, <laughs> and they also show Blackie's development and continued quality songwriting. All right, Heaven Sung in Black. Really, really, really good song. And we've got, we're now talking about albums that we haven't yet done our album focuses on this show about. And then finally, Crazy. It, it, it's it's a little bit, you know, into the parts where I say it sounds like songs I've heard before, and that's probably why I'm picking it, because a lot of the fans are not going to know this catalog. A lot of the people in the, those shows are going to be those Fairweather fans, so sell your catalog. Let them know what they've been missing. And finally, Last Runaway. So 
those are the ones that I've chosen off the rest of the albums to represent. And yeah, we could go on forever because there is Scream Until You Like It, Tormentor. Um, there are these B-sides, Lake of Fools, as you mentioned. There, you know, Tokyo's on Fire from uh, K, uh, from KFD. So, all right, Bill, you you ready with some? Uh, I've I've got three. What? Or how close are you, Andy? <laughs> I'm good. I'm, re- I'm ready to rock. Okay, right. you go ahead. Rock it. All right, ready? First one, and I'm basing this not just because I like the song. I mean, well, yeah, of course, I love the songs, but and the original people that did them too. So I'm thinking about that too at the same time. So I, it's kind of weird. It's like because you know, like Chris Holmes has a way different guitar sound than Doug and the rest of. Them. But anyways, the Idol off the original Prison Out, the Idol. That song, Bob Kulik, unbelievable. That song has got to be like when I heard that when they did that tour with the Crimson Idol, did the whole Idol tour. Saw that down in Connecticut, unbelievable. I had like tears in my eyes when I heard that song, and thinking, man, if only Bob Kulik was here playing this song right now. I mean, that guy was just off the hook playing. So that's that one. So uh, <clears throat> off the go, 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 August. I can never say that right. Miss you. I, I, that song hits home. I don't know why. I love that song. I don't know if you call that a ballad, kind of in a way. Not really a ballad. I don't know. Anyways, uh, off the of KFD, Killer Head. Killer Head, Killer Head, Killer Head. Uh, yep. So, Heldorado off the of Heldorado, off of Unholy Terror is Charisma. Best song off that whole thing. I love that song. Love that song. Uh, the other one, Crazy. Uh, painted black, and uh, I, again, I want to hear the full thing screaming till you like it. So I think that's about eight or nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's close enough. <laughs> yep. Good picks, by the way. Good picks. I'd be happy with any of those. All right, this Bill, so you up? You up to five yet? Uh, I'm really close. Yeah. Okay. I, I got. Well, I actually have eight now. <laughs> I've just really been blazing through it. Allmusic.com is my friend. So. Uh, oh, oh, in the hollow ground. So that'd be get, number nine. Fine. Get us back into this here. <clears throat> get the right window open. Okay. Uh, you know, kicking some more Heldorado stuff, Cocaine Cowboys. Uh, I love the high energy of it. Uh, and along with that, Harder, Faster. You know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I was sitting there going, no, I don't want to do any more ballads. I don't want to do any more ballads. So the Heretic from, uh, you know, Headless yeah. Children. My Wicked Heart, Ooh. Uh, Restless Ooh. Gypsy, yeah, Rock and Roll to Death. Uh, I love the, the the fifties boogie of that. Uh, back to my last command, Running Wild in the Streets. You know that's just a, a that's perfect stuff, man. Off of a perfect album, and then Tormentor. Excellent. So, wow, yeah. I mean th- that's a hell of a lot of picks, isn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, maybe they should just do two nights and do half of them one night and half of the next. <laughs> we'll go see the best shows. <laughs> no, and, and again, this is just three fans talking about what we want to hear. You know, wait until we see what Blackie wants to play. That's that's what I, I, I really look forward to. I look forward to that first set list report coming out and saying, okay, that's what he brought. Um, then we'll do a show. 
about expectations and whether he he's hitting or missing and you know what he ain't listening still i hope uh and just doing his own thing because you you, you don't listen to the the crowd uh unless they're throwing fruit at you then you might stop and ponder but i i think it would take a lot for me to be very disappointed and again because i've not seen wasp in concert uh, you know to actually go and see it's it's going to be you know an unholy terror that's for sure all right, so presentation-wise, is there any elements of a live show now that he's talked about the electric circus idea or the circus, the original circus idea? I immediately went and looked at the old, I think it's Circus Circus video of Mr. Cool, kind of the, the tent, which is why I've got this background, um, you know, and how he could have gone from that perspective rather than the big you know flash potty mid 80s stuff and i think it's got a lot of room for some fun stuff the video screen is a problem he has shown movies you know on the backdrops you know previously uh, i i would much rather it just be a setting than be a, a part of the show just to be something simple something that sets the the, the mood but isn't a critical part of it to just let the music do all the work. Bill. Yeah, I really hadn't looked into that idea that much, but, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> um, you know, as you were talking, I was like, Hey, yeah, they could have a human cannonball, <laughs> you know, where they have a cannon and shoot a guy <laughs> across the stage, you know, just out of nowhere, you know, <laughs> hell, some bands shoot laser lights at the lighting rigs, whatever. Yeah, let's have a human cannonball fly across the stage or something like that. Or, uh, you know, I mean, really, when it comes to like some of the sideshow stuff, like the bearded lady and all of that stuff, that's kind of tacky in my opinion. But uh, the the funny thing that I thought about when I see the uh, the early wasp pictures, you know, where they were more circus oriented and all that stuff, is they have a, and it even went into like uh, the early stages of like uh, live at the Lyceum, where they had this thing about putting everybody on pedestals, you know, where they're, they're kind of, and well, it's in the, I want to be somebody video and all of that stuff too, where, you know, they're kind of bow legged squatting on the, the pedestals and stuff like that, where they're, I guess that they're the beast waiting for the lion tamers to come by or something like that. But I don't really have a whole lot more on that. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't think we need any nuns on racks, that's for sure. Andy, anything about live presentation? Well, since you're going to do kind of this, well, circus, but, you know, everybody has to have their own imagination, so we don't know what he's do, doing. But if they say he says they're putting the drums, like, on bales of hay, well, I think maybe the bales of hay will be in front of the drums. That's what just had that look. I would love to see the old wasp sign up. But, you know, you're not going to be able to light it on fire anymore. So I wonder if they could put lights in it now, you know, kind of like Kiss does, you know, have the lights in it now. Do you put it above the stage, up high, like Kiss does and like Wasp did originally? Or do you put it in front of the drum set and had it light up? Because see, you've seen that, too, where Wasp, is, it's been on the floor, too. So you could put it that way. So if they decide to do screens... You know, you could have screen. I, I know people love them, people hate them, but the screen things would go good with the circus thing because you could have all kinds of crazy, kooky circus things going in the background. But not just one screen. You have like either one screen going like a half semicircle because he said the thing would be like 
<clears throat> half semicircle, like a screen going semicircle, so it's almost like you're in a 3D thing. You know, that'd be kind of different and interesting. Plus, you know, you got to have the lights and stuff like that. It is. The other thing, too, is he going to bring Elvis? If you don't no, have people please like no. they'll do this, Elvis is that, you know, five fifty thousand dollars mic stand that he had made to skeleton, whatever. And then he ended up putting a you know plastic mask on it. I don't know why he ever did that. I thought that was silly. But uh, is he going to bring Eddie out? I mean Eddie out, Elvis out. You know, are they going to go back to the original mic stands where they were like chains? They're going to stick. Are they going to step on boxes to make themselves higher up? Are they going to wear like boot boots like they did? Are he's going to wear the you know like all the blades? Are the guys going to be in colors? I mean, what, what's going to happen? I mean, are you you know you never know. You know. I think it'd be cool if they used the boxes so they could step up and you'd be higher up. So, you know, those people on the floor, you know, when we're on the floor, you'd be able to get a, like a good shots or, you know, like you said, those people standing there like this with the big things, at least you, if they're standing up higher, at least they're kind of like looking down and you can kind of look a little bit further up. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things you could kind of do. I mean, I guess it all depends on the money and how good, how, and how good the show sells. You know, I mean, I would imagine yeah, like said, uh, th those prices. <clears throat> yeah, what I mean, kind yeah. of production value budget are you going to have? You know, that's going to be, that might even answer the question of whether there's even screens at all. Yeah, I don't want to, I want a tour book. Sorry, I want a tour book. I, I want, you know, they're going to cost to probably have t-shirts, but I would love a tour book. Some kind of poster. I mean, you know, go for it. You know, if you're going to do this 40th anniversary, go for it, right? Well, you know, do the crazy I thing, like with, with merch is uh, I went and saw it while it was a much smaller scale show. Uh, I saw, I went to go see Kevin Williams open for David Cook, his band The Swear, and that David Cook didn't have any merch on hand. Basically what you did is you walked up to a, a, a table and it had like the QR codes on the table. And if you wanted this shirt in this size, you took a picture of that QR code and stuff like that and then they had the stuff shipped to you that way they weren't having three extra people to haul around merch and somebody to run the booth they basically had it just laid out on the table and nobody attending it but you, they did all of their stuff pre-ordered and that's like say you get the tour book you get the tour book and you know you want to get it early so you don't want to you know but then again you have that risk of like the crazy nights book man <laughs> my buddy bought the crazy nights tour book and it was ruined by the end of the show because, you know, got in, in the crowd and then it got all messed up. So yep. you just have that stuff shipped to you. Uh, and then that's also kind of the point, like, if you really want the tour merch that bad, then just order it online. Uh, that way you don't have a whole bunch of extra stuff to carry home. Yeah. But, and then, you know, you're getting receipts and all that. So, I mean, I mean, all the, the digital payment and everything like that's so different now anyway. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, and if it can be done to be kind of restricted down to those who are at the show able to order, you know, and then leftovers go to the general public so that no one who's going doesn't get a chance to get some tour merch would be real nice. And then about the next thing, Donna, we're talking about merchandise, are they going to do some kind of meet and greets? I hope not. I don't think so. I think I the meet I and greet is Black becoming the thing of the past. Yeah, I, I know Blackie had been, I don't know if he's like really against them, but. He's never done any. They, you know, never done any. So I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Or, or have something up on the. You know, well, I guess not. It's going to be general mission. You can't do that. You know, have a picture on the stage or something. You know, I don't know. Just thinking out of the box. You know. Do we saying? actually know what Blackie's age is? 
because I mean, mm-hmm. he's got to be approaching 70. Because, yeah, well, and that's the thing is, uh, I tried looking it up earlier because I know that there was a there was an article in like Circus Magazine, you know, when I was a kid that, you know, back to Blackie's fascination with baseball is that he was actually drafted by the Cincinnati Reds at one point before he decided to go stay in rock and roll. And uh, I was really trying to look up that, you know, I, I looked up his original name and all of that stuff and tried to see where I could find where he was drafted at. And one point it came up with like the, the 1972 draft. So if you're thinking 1972, he would have been 18 to 20 then. And then what would that put him at now? You know, you're looking at 28 years. So that would have been, you know, 46, you know, maybe 66 now. Well, and, I mean, uh, well, don't you know, forget he was had, out, he was out with the Dolls in '75, right? Uh, or '76, and Arthur uh, with Killer Kane in '76 was Blackie Guzman. Um, yeah, he's he's been around a while, so yeah, no, he, he's he, got to definitely take his health into you know. You said he was wearing a mask back in you know 20 years ago, or 12 years ago, or whatever. So he's got to be doing something to you know keep his health in mind. So I, I I think that I don't think the meet and greets will happen. Yeah, Wikipedia's got him as uh, 56, 1956. So. Okay. Well, I'm just to, you know, 66. Think out of the, just think out of the box and stuff. You know, what I mean, something yeah. does stuff they haven't done, or maybe they maybe want to try. I don't know. I'm just I, I guess I'm just so excited about this whole thing happening finally. After you know, it's been 12 <laughs> years for me, and it's been longer for you guys and i'm just like excited this is something that you know in reality this could be it you know what i'm saying unless something else happens after this you know 45 or 50 years yeah you know i think this is could be the last time they could play in america you know he said he was done a long time ago and it's been you know like i said 10 11 12 years depending on what state you're out of and could this be really the end you know, who knows? It, you know, let, let, let's not worry about the end. Let's enjoy oh, what's no. coming. I think that's what so excited about it. It wants everything. That's that's what the whole point is like. Oh, tour books, picks, pictures, a, a poster, you name it, T-shirts. I want a know, good show. Know. I want a good show. I, well, of course, that, too. Come on now. <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm not too worried about the visuals, to be honest. I don't want any excuses of shows canceled because they couldn't get Elvis through the door. You know, no load, no load in problems. Just, you know, cross those T's and dot those I's, you know, before pre-production starts, you know, or stage, you know, all, all that shit. Make sure none of those things are a problem. And if Blackie, you know, mentioned that, you know, a lot of the deal in the past was, you know, get people to listen by turning down the visuals. Yeah, I'm there to listen to the music being performed. So I'm less interested in all the window dressing that goes around it because, you know, it's Wasp has been melodic metal to me. I want to end on this topic, which is, again, something else that has been mentioned on the Eddie Trunk interview. 40th anniversary box set. What would you most like to hear? You know, that that maybe you've heard of or uh, has been rumored to exist. What would you like in a Wasp box set? Andy. All the B-sides, all the demos, I'll take everything I can get my hands on. It doesn't matter if it's been out there or not. It'd be cool in a nice package. And I think they should contact Julian Gill. No. 
to, 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 to do the book. No chance. No thank you. <laughs> I did have a hundred and something pages of a Wasp book done, but I'm, I'm not interested. You know, there are other people who are better at that uh, for that band than me. So, um, Bill, what would you like to hear in a Wasp box? Well, and that's the thing is I don't really know what I'm missing. So, I mean, yeah, the demos, uh, you know, progressions of how songs may have started out early on and then, you know, became something else later. Uh, I would be interested in, you know, just really a good book inside the inside of it with, you know, detailed stories and pictures of, uh, you know, pictures of shows, pictures of, uh, you know, photo sessions and stuff like that. And uh, as far as the music, I think 40 songs for 40 years is kind of limiting, especially, you know, when you've got 20 albums out. You know, that averages out to like two songs a record. And, you know, we came up with more than 40 songs between the three of us. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you could get like a, you know, a three to four disc set, you know, with, I, I'd take 80 songs, you know, that'd be fine with me. And, uh, you know, just a decent package, you know, whatever they felt like dealing with. You know, that's the thing about it is, when you get like some of the you know the tchotchkes and some of these uh, these box sets, they just end up in a box somewhere. They you know, I don't I, I mean I don't you know nothing against Andy and the way he's got stuff displayed. I just don't have stuff like that. I, I mean, my entire Kiss collection is in cardboard boxes, so it really doesn't do me any good to have it. And it's like the music, you know, I end up listening to a lot more of it digitally. Granted, if it's on vinyl, I'll be more likely to spend the vinyl. But, uh, you know, basically a good package with something you can sit down and look at while you're, you know, just like the the mother of all liner notes. That's that's what I'd like to have in it, you know, different stories from. And if as, as far-fetched as this sounds, you know, if you could have everybody to participate historically, it would be great. You know, Steve Riley and all of them, but you're not going to get that. Because especially after the way the response was to, uh, you know, Chris's stories that, you know, he's he said in the documentary, you know, Blackie's not going to go for that. But, uh, well, yeah, sure. Johnny, even Johnny Rod was on a, another podcast talking about he had saw Blackie. I forgot he said when it basically, Blackie said, hi to him, hi, I'll be back. And he never came back and talked to him. So Johnny Rod was like. I was really surprised that he pulled Randy Piper out of thin air. Because, yeah. uh, you well, know, that's Randy, the thing about it is I remember Randy Piper uh, when he was first. Well, it's not when he first put Animal together, but uh, it's when he was trying to do a second incarnation of Animal and a friend of mine was playing drums for him. And uh, but I mean, that was good Lord. I can't even remember that had to be in the 90s, like 96 or 97. that that was going on. But, uh, yep. you know, I wouldn't, I'm not even sure what's going on with Randy now. And he, he just pulled Randy out of thin air. And he says he hasn't talked to anybody else. So. Yeah. Because Randy, Randy has all – because Randy was on a uh, another podcast. That probably, I think – I don't know if it was, it was a, just a talk one through somewhere. Randy says that he has all the demos. He has everything. He has stuff that Blackie wishes he had from the very, very early years because it was all done – in Randy Piper's, you know, area or place and stuff. He's got it all, he says. He's got hundreds 
of stuff. Yeah, because it was Randy's studio they were working out at. Yeah, so yeah. he has all. So maybe he talked to him about that. So yeah, who knows? I'll be interesting to see what they put on there because again, like Bill said, forty is very limiting. Um, you know, the the demos themselves. I'd almost rather be Record Store Day releases on their own, standalone. You know, the first Wasp demo. You remember Hit the Lights? Metallica put that out as a cassette on Record Store Day, um, but you know if that was to come out on CD in all formats uh, would be very very cool. Um, again, I don't care. I'm more interested in seeing what Blackie presents because again, um, he's the artist. He's te- he's telling the story, and I'm interested in the story that he's telling. Of course, we we all live in kind of that delusional kumbaya land where it'd be nice to have Chris Holmes say a word, you know. Johnny Rod say a word, and well, God, Frankie Benali say a word. Don't even bring up Rick Fox. <laughs> yeah, and, and Rick Fox say a couple hundred thousand words, you know. Oh um, my gosh, he's been but, he's been hot on the the trails lately. So. Understandably, I mean, we don't know the histories, we don't know the truth, we don't know we don't know shit. We just listen to the music and enjoy it for what it is. So there we are, Blackie Lawless hitting the road we're excited because he's hitting the roads in america uh north america europe europe first make it worthwhile make him feel appreciated don't get him sick don't you dare Damn um, straight. Yeah. yeah well so that, that's a good that's a good thing about i hate to say it, but I, I, it's a good thing that they're playing here in november you know with all this craziness going on you know i think it's you know with all this stuff going on i don't know man it's still too nuts, and they're gonna have general mission. And come on, Blackie, we, I'm I'm pretty sure the last yeah. two years got an album in it, right? Come on, you you got all the <laughs> all the all the inspiration and subject matter you could possibly need well, for a concept what, album. We, you know, that's what he did say in the interview. He said that he has been working on new stuff, and there's typically an album ready to go. He just doesn't know when it's gonna come out. We had yeah. mentioned that. Yeah, no, you sell it at the shows. Sell it at the shows. Sell it at the show. And I, I don't think he understood. I don't think he understood Eddie Trunk's question because he kind of said that you know he'd include new songs on the box. No, no, keep that. Keep the box sacrosanct. The history, you know, new album for new music only, or, or drop a single in front of the tour. You know, get get some new. I want to hear what Blackie's. You know, where's his headspace these days in terms of writing? You know, been a while. All right, that's it. We'll be back. What's up next, Dominator? I think. So. Uh, Are we going to do live at the Lyceum? Yeah, we will. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I think we may have to bunch that in and do all the live albums in one shot. Um, but that was the first live release, so that gets included. But I can't stream it while we talk about it on a Skypey. So we'd have to do. Right. I think maybe we'll do a live Wasp episode and do and stream that a live watch party. We'll, figure, we'll, we'll do something with it, and we've still got a lot of albums to talk about even after we finish these last three studio episodes. For now, from Bill, Andy, myself, thanks for joining us. Hopefully see you out there on the road. Get your tickets if there's any available, because some shows have already sold out. <laughs> WaspNation.com. Check it out. Stay up to date. Official word. Bye now. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook.